Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, Geico's saving stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you.
K-I-R-P Radio! Good evening. You're listening to the K-I-R-P Radio Show. Last Friday night of the month with your guest host, Rocco P. on the K-I-R-P Radio Show. The RP is not for my initials. It's for keeping it real with Pudgy Miller. Real with Pudgy. Once again, I thank Pudgy for the opportunity to use his platform at least once a month to do a show. Last month, I did miss. Uh, I whiffed. I had not whiffed since I agreed to do this. Uh, wanted to do a year in review show. That did not happen, so I'm not doing that a month late. Uh, Earlier this month, uh, it was about two weeks ago, I did a show with Andrew Rappaport of Striving for Eternity Ministries. Andrew Rappaport, Striving for Eternity Ministries. You can find him through doing a duck, duck, go, dot search or a start page, startpage.com search. You can also find Striving for Eternity on YouTube. And we basically did a Bible study a few weeks ago. We talked about spiritual gifts, particularly really miraculous spiritual gifts. Was uh, Should we expect that? Tonight, I'm veering back into temporal matters, and I'd like to talk about uh, President Donald J. Trump and amnesty. To me, this is uh, th- there's a lot of angles to speak to uh, to address this. Uh, there's a lot that's going on, but the most obvious, I think, is just the colossal reversal, the colossal change. 180-degree change from Trump. Uh, When Trump ran as Donald J. Trump, the candidate, probably, probably the most, uh, the most renowned issue, the most important issue, certainly what I believe he gave the most attention to and that was most scrutinized, uh, especially during the primary season, was his opposition to immigration, particularly illegal immigration. And some statements were made, too, as far as getting a grip upon legal immigration. Most people don't talk about that, uh, but it's really it's, it's, part of the, it's part of the whole package. It's part of the problem. Trump was really... Uh, he said things no one else said. I think that's part of the reason Trump had gotten elected. Again, you could say it's more selection than election. I would agree with that. And uh, as I've said before, voting is largely the uh, the illusion of choice or the illusion of participation. But Donald J. Trump was popular. There's no doubt. Uh, there's a lot of people that had not voted that voted for Trump. There's a lot of crossover votes. Uh, a lot of independents voted for Trump. A lot of Democrats. Uh, particularly in the Northeast, had voted for Trump. And part of that was his populist appeal. Part of that was a populist appeal. And driving that was his vehement opposition to illegal immigration. Illegal immigration. Uh, I'm going to play a video. This is uh, it's less than two minutes long. But this was from... Uh, this video was from September. It's after the primary season was over. Last primaries were in June, so you know, Trump had wrapped it up for a couple of months. And this was from an Arizona campaign speech last day in August, August 31st, 2016. Again, he had already set up the uh, already set up the primary, already set up the nomination, and uh, 
if you do want to call, that number is uh, 619-638-8559, 619-638-8559, I will get you on the air. I'm going to play this, uh, I'm going to play this clip from Trump then, again, less than two minutes. This really, it's, uh, <laughs> you can see what he says. Again, this was, this was typical of candidate Donald J. Trump. We are going to end catch and release. We catch them all, go ahead. We catch them, go ahead. Under my administration, anyone who illegally crosses the border will be detained until they are removed out of our country and back to the country from which they came. Zero tolerance for criminal aliens. Zero. 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 We don't, they don't come in here. They don't come in here. I am going to create a new special deportation task force focused on identifying and quickly removing the most dangerous criminal illegal immigrants in America who have evaded justice, just like Hillary Clinton has evaded justice, okay? Maybe they'll be able to deport her. We will break the cycle of amnesty and illegal immigration. We will break the cycle. There will be no amnesty. People will know that you can't just smuggle in, hunker down, and wait to be legalized. It's not going to work that way. Those days are over. There you have a candidate, Donald J. Trump, uh, after he was the nominee, stating emphatically, uh, no amnesty. And again, what is what's the simple definition of amnesty? Amnesty is granting, in the context of, of immigration, illegal immigration, amnesty is granting citizenship to illegal am- aliens. It's, it's rewarding the crime of being an illegal alien by giving someone citizenship, regardless of how you get there, whether you give it to them in a week, a month, a year, or ten years. And there's also been a lot of a lot of talk by Trump and others about chain immigration. Chain immigration, the idea that when people come over then uh if they're granted citizenship, then they could bring other people with them and how it's really it's a multiplier effect. The uh, the power elite, I prefer the phrase, the New World Order. This is part of the masterpiece. This is part of the plan because their big, uh, their big scheme, uh, their ultimate goal is a one-world government. It's, uh, the, it's erasing all national boundaries, one-world government. That's why after the League of Nations failed, they immediately set up, or shortly thereafter, the United Nations. And that's why the United Nations has never gone away, even though it exists to destroy not just the sovereignty of the U.S., but all nations. Never 
goes away, regardless of who's in the White House, regardless of who's in Congress, never goes away. So, Mr. Donald J. Trump as a candidate was vociferous against illegal immigration. And now, uh, he has said, lo and behold, yeah, so President Obama uh, illegally signed this executive order saying 800,000 supposed supposed use now, I believe, I don't know, around 80, 90% are adults now, but uh, these so-called dreamers, and he, he, he said, uh, they, they can stay in the U.S. And stroke of a pen, so to speak, like executive order. Trump, uh, Trump never really went after that aggressively, kind of danced around it, and yet talks about this wall that Mexico is supposedly going to pay for. And if you look at the wall, too, incidentally, look at what they're saying. I mean, to, to be to be fair to to President Trump, we really don't need a wall across the entire Southwest U.S. Okay, many people have said you just you fix the laws. I'm, I'm with that too. But as far as physical barrier, yeah, you just you just need it in certain places. But the so-called wall, uh, they're just talking about uh, reinforcing certain areas. That's they're talking about. It's all it's all fluff as usual. And no, Mexico is not going to pay for it if you haven't gotten that memo. Uh, Vicente Fox, the former president of Mexico, said during the campaign, I'm not going to pay for that blanking wall. It's a family program. I won't repeat what he said. I'm sure you could figure it out or you could do an Internet search. So now and we'll look at what was specifically said. Now Mr. Trump is saying, yeah, for these streamers, uh, yeah, they're going to become citizens. It's it's uh, I don't know if you use the word inevitable. He said it's definitely going to happen. I think he threw out he threw out uh, a time frame. He said ten to twelve years it will happen. See, we we always what we what we've been peddled what we've been peddled since nine eleven, and I've said it before what really made me think about things the entire political them differently after nine eleven was this. After the attacks of nine eleven, the worst domestic terrorist attacks in U.S. history. Immediately, immediately, there was a clampdown on the airports. They started doing things that I thought were ridiculous, and I still think are ridiculous. They started confiscating nail clippers. Uh, they started saying arbitrarily, you know, capriciously and arbitrarily, you can't have more than, I think, you went from two or four ounces of a liquid. Uh, you can't. And at times, was he can't he can't walk onto a plane with an open container or you know, a straw like a soda with a straw in it and things like that. So it was just on and on and on. And I noticed immediately. <laughs> I thought to myself, why? If if the problem, if the war on terror is real, why is all the focus on people? Traveling in airports now. Granted, you know the planes were allegedly hijacked, which that's you know, you know I've done. I've talked about 9/11. It's it's highly unlikely what we were told about 9/11. Like any any of that was was accurate. In other words, yes, 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 yes. Planes planes were hijacked as far as how they were hijacked and all that. But all the focus after 9/11 was all upon control of legal U.S. citizens initially at airports and. The Department of Homeland Security, and yeah, that phrase is, is pretty much kind of borrowed from Nazi Germany, 
Homeland Security. Uh, that law was written before 9-11. They had the crisis. They rolled it out. TSA then, if you remember, got taken over by the government. It had been private. At first, I thought that was a good idea. Now, in retrospect, I think that was a bad idea. We don't want centralized power. We really don't. It's always a problem with individual liberty. But everything that was focused after 9-11 was on you and I, in other words, saying legal citizens. made no sense to me. So I thought if the war on terror is real, the first thing then President George W. Bush would have done would have been to secure that border with Mexico. It was never done. In fact, not only... Not only was the border never secured back then, now, you know, close to 17 years ago, going on 17 years, September 11th, 2001, was the date of the attacks. Not only was the border never secured, President George W. Bush actually wanted amnesty. And if you remember, if you were following politics back in the day or you studied it, it was a guy named Jeff Sessions who basically drew the line in the sand in the U.S. Senate. And he stopped it because you had people like Lindsey Graham, not like Lindsey Graham, you had Lindsey Graham, you had John McPain, uh, you had uh, then-Senator Ted Kennedy working on an amnesty bill. And they said they said profoundly stupid things. It's like, what we're going to do, they said it would be like a Z. be like, we'll give them a Z visa. Well, ooh, ooh, what's a Z visa? What's a Z visa? Well... That means you could stay here forever, but you really have to go back to Mexico and then come back in. So then once it's in your hands, somehow magically, that would mean it would, I don't know, the paper would fade. It was like old Mission Impossible note or something. It would just evaporate or something if you didn't then go back to Mexico and come back. And Trump is essentially saying the same thing now about the Dreamers. And also, incidentally, the numbers they've thrown out roughly – Roughly, you look at Obama's executive amnesty uh, of 800,000. Trump's Trump's proposing over double that, 1.8 million. That's correct, over 1.8 million. So, so what they've told us in the big picture again is they basically told the U.S. public after the shock and all of 9/11, we have to sacrifice our liberty to be more secure, and that's colossal, horrific, filthy lie. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. In fact, we're less secure the more we give government control over us because we're, it's, you're at a high, much, much, much higher degree, higher probability of you getting killed by someone with a badge representing, a, representing the government than you are by any terrorist. Far higher. you got, you got a, a higher probability of getting killed by a beast thing than getting killed by a terrorist. It's a boogeyman. Yeah, it's a huge boogeyman. But they're erecting this police state. So Donald J. Trump rolls in. You know, we have we have eight years of Bush. Bush didn't get his amnesty legally. Uh, Obama did did some of it illegally through an executive order. Now we're here, January January twenty sixth, two thousand eighteen, and Donald J. Trump flips on one of his biggest campaign promises. You could also make the argument. Let me throw this out too that if Candidate Donald J. Trump hadn't been so so aggressive about immigration. You could add, can make the argument he won a one. Now again, that's I've kind of contradicted myself because I said the election is more selection because you know, I think you know, Trump was you know, Trump was pre-selected beforehand. They wanted to roll out a fake nationalist. And that's who they gave us. Uh, 
but certainly he, he wouldn't have been as popular. I don't, I don't think there's any way, particularly with independents and uh, you know blue collar people with working class people, particularly with those, just don't think there would have been as much a draw at all for candidate Donald J. Trump. In the big picture, again after 9/11, they roll out the police state, and the border's never been secured. And let, let, let me mention this too, as far as amnesty. The powers that be, or you could say that shouldn't be in Washington, and you know, behind them are obviously the financial interests, the international banksters and all. Uh, they know that every day that illegal aliens continue to live, work, and then uh, basically have children in the U.S., they know they know yeah that's that's the fact that's the fact of amnesty. They they know they're winning. Why? They've thrown out the number to show you the mind control. There's a lot of mind control in this issue, the illegal immigration and amnesty. But here's one you could test out. Go back to I started looking at this stuff around seriously around 2003, 2004. Go back to around then. What you'll hear is that you know there's there's 11 or 12 million illegal aliens in America. Still to this day on CNN or wherever, you know just. Yeah, read an article online, mainstream article. Yeah, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNB, MSNBC. They'll basically throw out that you know, say eleven, twelve. I don't know, maybe they'll say fourteen million illegal, so million illegal aliens. No one really knows. But how could it have been the same number back in two thousand four? Now in two thousand eighteen, you see what I'm saying? Like that number's been static over, what, 2004, 2018, 14 years? Impossible. See, they're, they're lying. They're lying. I said, no one knows what it is. Think more conservatively, 30 million easily, 30 million. And every time, due to perversion of federal law, that Congress won't fix. Every time illegal aliens have children, then they have U.S. citizens. They become U.S. citizens. That's why they call them anchor babies. Then, when they get of age, then they petition to bring other people in. So, yeah, if you want to destroy the social fabric of America, if you want to destroy the economy of America, if you want to, uh, if you want to destroy the middle class, if you want to hasten the destruction of the middle class, which has been ongoing for quite some time, as they've. Yeah, remove the manufacturing base as they've gotten rid of it. Yeah, most manufacturing jobs have been outsourced in spite of the protestations of then-candidate Donald J. Trump. Oh, we still have NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, which has nothing to do with free trade. We still have the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade, which yeah, <laughs> is not about fair trade. Uh, but those things are still in place. Uh, so... Yeah, those decisions were made years ago to eviscerate the economy and eventually social fabric of the U.S. Donald J. Trump now is on board. Now he's on board in spite of what he has said. I'm going to play a piece. Uh, it's a brief, brief piece. Breitbart, this is less than a minute, Breitbart really broke the story first uh, day before yesterday. Because this was this was out, and then it's funny. A lot of people ignored it. There was like a one-day delay when Trump when Trump had gone on board to, to support amnesty for DACA. You think you're going to get a deal on immigration, Mr. President? I think so. Yeah, I think so. What do you think it's going to look like? Great border security. 
In fact, I just wrote something out, and you might talk about it, Chief, if you want. Otherwise, we'll do it for tomorrow. But I just wrote something out while we're looking. We want great border security. Uh, we want to do a great job with DACA. I think it's our issue. I think it's a great, better issue for the Republicans and for the Democrats. Do you want but citizenship for we're gamers? Going to, uh, we're going to morph into it. It's going to happen what at some point mean? in what the future. Over, over, a period, over a period of 10 to 12 years, somebody does a great job. They've worked hard. It gives incentive to do a great job, but they've worked hard. Uh, they've done terrifically, whether they have a little company or whether they work or whether whatever they're doing, if they do a great job. I think it's a nice thing to have the incentive of, after a period of years, being able to become a citizen. How many years, Mr. President? We're looking at 10 or 12. 10 or 12 years. Okay, so this is, this is the same. It's the same colossal lie we've been told since George W. Bush post 9-11. They've said, no, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a problem. Guess okay, I didn't know this. There is a problem with illegal immigration. Oh, oh, oh there is. There is. You know, Mr. Politician Washington would say, there is a problem with illegal immigration. And, uh, and we know, we know people are streamed in through the Mexican border. And it's not just Mexicans. Okay, that's a whole other story I'm not getting in tonight. You look at OTMs other than Mexicans. I don't just mean people from from uh, Central and South America. You definitely have Middle Easterners and others flowing in, uh, coming in. In any case, the lie they've told us since George W. Bush post 9-11-2001 is this. Yeah, yeah. But in order to secure that border, we have to give amnesty. This is essentially what Donald Trump is saying. In that little clip, less than a minute. It's like, yeah, it'll be tied. It'll be tied to security. It's like Michelle Malkin. Okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm just throwing her name out because you may have heard her as far as the general conservative people. Okay, I'm not saying I, I would support her. I mean, she wrote a book. Uh, everything she said, I wouldn't. I, Definitely wouldn't say. I mean, she wrote a book defending the uh, internment of Japanese Americans. You know, just incredible mind control. That she, I mean, she, she's just terribly wrong. But but she, she's made a lot of common sense about about border security and immigration for many years. And she's thrown out a one-liner that's very good to share politicians. And it's, it's simply this: uh, No, no, secure the border first, and then we'll talk about changing any laws in immigration. This is, and I've called up, I've used this, I've used this too. If you ever want to talk to Mr. and, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, politician in Washington, say this, okay. Uh, sir or madam, uh, you're saying that, in essence, uh, in order to secure the border, we have to pass some type of amnesty. Say yes, that is the way, that's the way it has to be done. Okay, let me ask you just one question. I've done this, literally, I've literally done this. Why should the American people trust the Congress to change the law that they're going to follow it when they're not following existing laws. Well, why should they do that? And I've had one rep of a senator say that, that I, I can't answer that question. Of course they can. They can. It's 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 a colossal lie. It's a large collaboration. It's it's a lie. It's sophistry. It, it's complete hustle on the American public. It's it's a colossal lie. If Trump was real and he's not, he's as real as a three-hour bill. Uh, he wouldn't be going back on his word. That I think that part is obvious. And now we'll see because politicians manipulate, you know, mass media mind control to manipulate the public and then people that are for Trump, regardless of what he says or does, you know, just they'll just continue to spin. They'll ignore the obvious, the obvious colossal hypocrisy that when he said vociferously, 
many times in many ways as a candidate, even after he secured the nomination. I mean, he beat up people like Marco Rubio, to his credit, Trump did, on the campaign trail for for basically for Rubio, um, when Rubio supported amnesty. He's very clear. You know, there's just no amnesty now. Things have changed. And Trump is saying, essentially, the same colossal lie we've heard since George W. Bush was in the White House in his first term. No, we uh, we can't secure the border unless we have amnesty. And there's always there's always a reason when one party, whether your party of the choice is Republicans or Democrats, there's always a reason why they can't do what's right and what they say they do. Remember, all the Republicans that ran ran against Obamacare. There's almost one issue. It was like, elect me, I will repeal Obamacare. Because people know, I mean, working class people know, it's a killer. I mean, it's a killer. It's just you're paying more and getting less. I mean, if you're if you're among the millions of people, okay, that don't have a job that offers health insurance, I mean, that that is increasingly got more expensive too. But it's nothing like this out of pocket stuff. Uh, yeah, people are getting devastated. And people people are paying more and getting less. And then they had the audacity, you know, you know with Gruber and all. They, Gruber admitted, you know, the American people was they were just stupid. <laughs> it was it was a lie. We couldn't say it was. A, they couldn't say it was a tax. Uh, <laughs> when when you realize Republicans, yeah, jumped on that. It was always a reason they couldn't do it. Yeah, the, the Republicans had control of the House. They refused to defund it. They could have legally. In other words, according to the Constitution. Revenue bills have to originate in the House, so the House controls spending. The House alone could have defunded Obamacare. They came with an excuse why they couldn't. Then it was had to be controlled both House and Senate, and they had it. Then it was controlled the White House, and now Republicans, with the election of Donald J. Trump, control a majority in the House, in the Senate, in the White House. And uh, the uh, Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act has not been repealed, Obamacare has not been repealed. You even had some some Republicans were honest enough to say, of course those votes we took, it was roughly it was roughly it was well over twenty votes to repeal either all uh, to repeal Obamacare completely or in part. When Obama was in office it didn't mean anything. But you had some Republicans that were honest there said, Of course it's different now. You know, it could really change something. <laughs> this is what the American people tolerate. Yeah, this is what we tolerate. This is the people in office. But there's always a reason why people that are allegedly elected by the people, you know, the so-called leaders, can't do what they say they're going to do. There's always a reason. There's, there, there's always a reason. And it's just going to be sad again to see people, like I've said before, someone like Alex Jones, who's become a caricature of himself. I don't listen to him anymore. But yeah, he he basically I don't know if it's because he had a lot of legal bills, yeah, because he got divorced from his wife. I don't know, but he he basically he jumped on the Trump train. He's never left. So it's just always going to be interesting to see how people, particularly people in the media that have been pro-Trump, largely due to his platform. Now, when it becomes further even more obvious is completely fraudulent. It'll be interesting to see. That that's a, that's a side note as far as as far as the uh, the hypocrisy of uh, of the so-called media. But what what what's going on as far as, far as what's being uh, what what is what is Trump proposing? Okay, Wednesday. Okay, said he'd give pathway to citizenship 
for those 800,000 illegal aliens shielded from deportation by Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals DACA program. And most of them, again, aren't children now. So, again, Breitbart was all over that like a cheap suit. <laughs> that was great. Trump said, yes, citizenship in 10, 12 years. And I also, I want to say about mind control and about, about how, how people, in this case, Donald J. Trump, lies to the American people. Check this out. Check this out. He goes, it'd be good in the clip I played, I just played. So it'd be good to give him an incentive, 10 to 12 years of becoming a citizen. Like, think about that. that. That's another colossal lie. If you're living here, if you're working here, if there's no fear of you getting deported, why should you become a citizen? It's ridiculous, especially if you're manipulating the taxes already. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. There, there'd be no incentive. If you're, you're here at long, there'd be no incentive. Absolutely none whatsoever. But as they say, as they say, Trump is actually offering citizenship to 1.8 million illegal aliens. That's more than twice that number, 800,000, protected by Obama under DACA. Okay, this is from uh, a life set, uh, life set article. Life set that that's a site uh, set up by Laura Ingram. It has some interesting stuff, mean traditional, pretty much neocon, but you know some some interesting stuff. Uh, President Donald Trump is thinking of a grand bargain on illegal immigration and border security with larger amnesty than pre- previously imagined. And you had uh, Mark uh, K- uh, Krikorian, who's with uh, yeah a. Uh, you know, pro-border security uh, think tank. He said, time to start burning your MAGA hats, make America great again hats, send pictures, and I'll retweet. <laughs> uh, to get to compromise with the Democrats, the president's thinking of offering up to 1.8 million illegal aliens the grand prize of citizenship over time into 12, 10 to 12 years after you're given green cards. As I just said, uh, there's no if you know you're here and there's no fear of deportation, what's the point of becoming a citizen? What's the point? The plan was shared by White House aide Stephen Miller, Trump's point man in immigration to Republican allies in Congress. A report from Axios listened in on the conference call on Thursday afternoon. Axios is an interesting site. They get a lot of break. They get a lot of breaking news. They get a lot of uh, leads before anyone else. I don't know how they do that. The 1.8 million number is new, as previous signs from Trump indicated he might support citizenship for illegal immigrants brought here as children, largely seen politically as the most deserving of any kind of amnesty. Up to 800,000 adults might qualify for that amnesty, giving, given under President Barack Obama in the form of executive order deferred action for childhood arrivals DACA signed in 2012. Trump withdrew the, the Obama order and ended DACA in September, but of course no one was deported. Uh, forcing Democrats to come to the bargaining table. The first wave of DACA expirations begins in March. Even the path to citizenship for DACA recipients was controversial. Now a higher number of amnesty waivers with citizenship grant in, in time is roiling the wars of Trump's base, and that's an understatement. Quote, this is the beginning of the end of the GOP majority in the House, and identified conservative House member told Rachel Beta, Rachel Beta Politico. In the year when the Democrats impeached Trump, we can point to this moment. But Senator Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, an immigration hardliner who wants a reduction in annual legal immigration, called the proposal generous and humane. So this is how they roll it out. This this is how they give us false choices. They basically say Tom Cotton is a hardliner, yet he says that proposal is generous and humane. So you see what they do. So so then people, this is how the mind control works, and people say, well, Tom Cotton's a good guy, and I like Donald Trump, so... As they say, 1.8 million people, so 1.8 million illegal aliens can become citizens. I think that is generous and humane because Tom Cotton said it's generous and humane. Trump supports it now. This is how it works. And then you get the people on the so-called left. They'll trash it and they'll say it's not enough. 
then other people at the mind control kick in and say, well, if CNN's against it, then, you know, it's got to be good. And, of course, once again, if the Republican Party was real and it's not, if it was real and it's not, they got the votes, they'd get rid of Obamacare. They didn't. They love the control they have over us. Oh, oh, they love raping us with their Obamacare tax. Oh, they love destroying our health care system. They love it. Uh, they, they, they love eviscerating the middle class. And they love destroying the middle class through flooding us with illegal aliens. They love it. Back to the article. In exchange for the largest concession, Trump appears to expect a lot. Again, colossal lie. Colossal lie. They've got the votes. They don't need to bargain about anything. They need to bargain about nothing. Axios reported, Miller said, Trump's advisor, Miller said the White House wants an end to the visa lottery program and chain migration, the $25 billion trust fund for border wall construction. Hey, I thought Mexico was supposed to build that. Oh, yeah, that's right, and Hillary was, was going to get locked up. That didn't happen. Uh, new northern border security measures and appropriation for filling personal, personnel deficiencies in the Border Patrol and the closing of loopholes in the system that make it almost impossible to deport illegal immigrants such as catch and release policy. That, again, is all a colossal lie, as I will prove shortly. Miller also said the White House wants all illegal aliens treated in the same, the same in course of law regards of country of origin. That's, uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, what, what's, what does that mean? I mean, if, if you break the law, you break the law. Immigration critics, including Mark Krikorian of the Center of Immigration Studies, did not immediately return a message from life set. Barry quoted his tweet saying, time to start burning your MAGA hats, make America great again hats, send pictures and I'll retweet. Miller reportedly held a, news conference, a new conference with immigration hardliners late Thursday afternoon and heard fervent complaints of too large an amnesty, according to Fox News panelist Jonathan Swan of Axios. Again, you see the mind control, too large an amnesty. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Stop, stop, stop. stop, stop time out, time out. Too large an amnesty? Too large? Trump said there'd be no amnesty. I won't replay the clip. He said there'd be no amnesty. <laughs> On the conservative media front, Breitbart called it Don's amnesty bonanza. Despite the amnesty offer, left and loose immigration advocates cried foul immediately, and so did CNN. Jim Acosta of CNN tweeted that immigration advocates hammered the Trump proposal, calling it legislator burning, a legislator burning cross. See, that's how they play. That's how they play it. That's how they play it. Left versus right. Left versus right. Two-party system is heads. Washington wins. Tells the people lose. That's the way it always works. Their agenda continues unabated. And we head into a police state, continue to lose our, our rights, and they continue to incrementally eviscerate our standard of living. You're listening to the KRP Radio Show last Friday night of the month with your guest host, Rocco P. We'll take a break and come back, and we'll continue discussing this highly pertinent story and the bigger picture fits into how President Trump has further exposed himself as complete fraud by adopting amnesty. K-I-R-P How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, Government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany, 
Nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism. Nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government. Two million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murderers agree, gun control works. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists that Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. You're listening to KARP Radio Show, last Friday night of the month, with your guest host, Rock O.P. I'm discussing President Donald J. Trump as he has embraced amnesty completely completely doing a 180-degree turn from what he had said he would do as a candidate. Uh, I'd point you to a Breitbart article, Trump's U.S. citizenship for DACA, illegal aliens, matches other failed amnesties. That's the title. That's Trump's U.S. citizenship for DACA, illegal aliens, matches other failed amnesties. It's saying, you know, been there, done that. You know, they've, they've thrown this out before. Uh, very similar to stuff that was... Uh, that was proposed before in the past and failed. Gang of Eight Amnesty Plan 2013. Marco Rubio was behind that. Gang of Sis Amnesty Plan. Uh, it's been stuff's been flowed before. When we look again at Trump, uh, and I've done other shows on this, 
Trump had really Trump had shown who he was. He was exposed really early on, and when he chose Mike Pence as his running mate, uh, Trump made it yep painfully clear he was of the establishment. Uh, if Trump was real, he would never chosen an insider. He would never chosen an insider like Pence. And you look at his cabinet, the people he surrounds himself with. It was it's been party establishment people, a few members of his family who are very influential, and Wall Street Wall Street bankers, a lot of Goldman Sachs people. And as I've said before, it's hilarious to see Trump on the campaign trail, rightly trashing Rafael Ted Cruz, because he, uh, Rafael Ted Cruz just happened to forget when he was running for Senate a million to uh, to report a million dollar loan he got from Goldman Sachs, and his wife just happens to be high level executive for Goldman Sachs. So, yeah, Trump was all over that. Trump gets in, Steve Mnuchin, ex-Goldman Sachs member, Treasury. Uh, it just goes on and on and on and on. Council of Economic Advisors, Gary Cohn, ex-Goldman Sachs, just goes on and on and on. So, yeah, Trump Trump had been exposed, but this takes it to a new level. Again, this will, this, will be, this will further show just how deep the mind control goals goes and how many people in the press, even the so-called alternative press like Alex Jones, just how they are controlled opposition and complete frauds themselves. Yeah, just If you're going to support a person, then so much for the rule of law, so much for the Constitution, so much for the people, if whatever someone's elected does. I'd said before, uh, I had mentioned in passing, that... If Trump was real, yeah, he could have come up with real solutions, and and I would say I would say in all honesty, it's it's extremely easy, and has been extremely easy, to fix illegal immigration. Okay, two really two measures, really two basic laws or sets of laws would have to be passed. They would cost very little, if if nothing, to the federal government, and that would end practically all illegal immigration. It really would. It's really that easy. First, uh, first, before I get into the details of that, I'll just, I'll just give you the illustration of what Alabama did. The state of Alabama has a lot of patriots. There's a lot of patriots down there. There's a lot of good people uh, that really, like anything else, the only thing that gets changed in government is when the people push it, when people push it. So in Alabama, due to activists, they pushed the law a few years back. I didn't pull, pull up the, the, uh, the year tonight, but you can see it online. Uh, Alabama passed a very simple law at the state level. It said this. If you use a government school, which is euphemistically called public education, which is a Marxist concept, but those schools are out there. If you use a government school in Alabama, you have to provide proof. You have to prove citizenship. Boom. It sounds pretty easy, doesn't it, at the state level? Because so, yeah, the federal government hasn't been uh, too keen on proactive unforcing immigration. The state comes in and says, real simple, okay. So, they lie to the states and say, you can't you can't enforce federal law. There's an element of truth to that, but okay, it's just an element. But the point is, they passed at the state law, a very, very simple law. At the state level, very simple law. You're going to use a government or a public school in Alabama to prove citizenship. That, the effect of that was beautiful. It was beautiful because the illegal aliens in Alabama largely self-deported. They just peacefully left. We don't know how many uh, went to other states or returned to Mexico or other nations. They peacefully left. So when I'm, when I'm up here, as you know, I'd say I may 
philosophical libertarian. I have no stomach for the libertarian party, which is also controlled opposition, a complete waste of time, in my opinion. Uh, the libertarian party is a waste, in my opinion. But when I talk about libertarian as far as the non-aggression principle, all right, that's that's kind of part of the philosophy that drives libertarian political thought. The idea that if the state is going to exert force, it would only have to be when someone else's person or property is threatened. That's that's pretty good. That's 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 a pretty good concept. So yeah, I'm here I'm here basically saying, you know, border securing this and that. Uh you can't really have if you, you know, some, some libertarians are fond of saying you have these maritime lines between countries. Well, the lines are real, okay? And I'd be the first person to say, let's get rid of the passports, because that's all part of internationalization. It's part of the global agenda. But countries, positive sides nationalism. You have to control who's in your country. Uh, <laughs> it, really, it really is that simple. If you just look in terms of economics, if, if someone could come to the United States... And they would come in. But let's say you, know, you had you had uh, an imaginary world where there was absolutely no limits. They come in, but from the day they showed up, they could, they would get zero dollars directly or indirectly from federal, state, or local governments. Okay, that would be different. Now, I still think that there'd be reasons, like in uh, rich countries like Switzerland, there'd still be reasons to control who becomes a citizen. But if at least, at, at, if the economic ground, if, if at the financial ground, if that was a level field, that was a level playing field, someone could come into the States and there were, the laws had teeth and that person get no direct or indirect funds from federal, federal, state, or local governments, it'd be completely different. There'd be no draw. There'd be very small, be very small uh, numbers of people coming here. Very small. Be very small. But that is not the system... That's not the system we had. So when I talk about this security, uh, I have no desire to explain, expand the police state. And that's part, uh, that's, another, that's another angle in the story tonight. I'd like to mention that with Trump, not only is he going down the same, the same path of the two-party duopoly, not only is he pushing the same New World Order agenda George Bush and the Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Satoro, all Trump has done is he's continued unabated the expansion of the domestic police state for you and I. Uh, they're, they're, they're talking now. You're at the airport, and they're saying, for international flights, yeah, illegal search and seizure. They could just take they could take your bags and look at any of your data. you got to give them passwords. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's happening to U.S. citizens. And eventually, you know what? They're, they're basically breaking your will. They've been doing it for years. They're breaking your will again. Eventually, then it'll be for all flights. It'll be domestic flights. Because of the boogeyman, the boogeyman of terrorism. And people tolerate the transformation of the United States of America into a police state over that. But Trump's all into that. I mean, there's there's no, it's continuing unabated. I'm not even talking about you know, foreign, you know, that he's increased the you know, illegal drone strikes killing civilians abroad. I'm not even talking about that. It's worse than Obama. No one talks. I mean, again, apart from the, the legitimate alternative media, you don't hear about that. You're never going to hear about that because it's a real issue on network news. You just you won't hear about that. But they don't. They won't talk either about the transformation of the U.S. into a police state, continuing on debate under Donald J. Trump. Yet at the same time, the U.S. clamps down on legal legal citizens traveling. I mean, this is this is 
this is basically authoritarianism. I mean, this is this is very very bad. Uh, if you want more information on that, check out John Whitehead, the Rutherford, Rutherford Institute. Some great videos, some great articles there. John Whitehead, the Rutherford Institute. I mean, he's just focusing on opposing this expanding police state. But there's really there's only a few laws that would have to be done at the federal level, if 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 the people in power weren't corrupt and, and legitimate, if they really want to stop. What, what would those laws be? T- two sets of laws. Number one. Shut down all Mexican consulates. Okay, I counted tonight uh, before I did the show and my prep. There's at least 44 Mexican consulates in the USA. Okay, the only purpose or the primary purpose of those Mexican consulates, the vast majority, of what they do, they exist to perpetuate illegal immigration in the United States. Mexican, Mexican consulates exist to advance illegal immigration in the U.S. How do they do that? to issue this hokey little card call called the Matricula Consular Card. The Matricula Consular Card. The Matricula Consular Card magically lets someone who is in the United States illegally open up a bank account. Does some other neat stuff, too. In Mexico, the Matricula Consular Card means nothing. You could not open up a bank account in Mexico with a Matricula Consular Card but you can in the United States. Do you see that problem? So, here's something that would cost no money to the United States. Shut down all those consulates. Shut them down. You got 44 Mexican consulates in the U.S. You got like eight or nine in California alone. They only exist to perpetuate <coughs> illegal immigration by giving out that matricula consulate card. That's all they do. I could pull there's a lot of articles out there. quote from an article from the American Thinker back in April 26, 2012. And I first read about this years ago, a site called VDARE, V-D-A-R-E.com, VDARE.com, named after Virginia Dare. The matricula consular is the only card an illegal immigrant will ever need by Michael Bargo, Jr. The matricula consular is an identification card issued by a Mexican consulate. It is designed to be used by illegal immigrants. With this card, they can receive federal, state, and local benefits. The ID card is little known is little known outside the Hispanic community. The story of the matricula consular is telling. It proves that government entities, particularly those of the state of Illinois and Cook County, Illinois, and other sanctuary states, which is now California, knowingly and actively promote illegal immigration. In this time of joblessness and home foreclosures, it is astounding that politicians and pro illegal immigration states have made great efforts to make this card available. In effect, the cards create a huge financial burden for legal residents and legal immigrants. Since the state of Illinois has been called the most pro-illegal immigration state in the country, its efforts to enable and promote the matricula consular will be discussed here. Other states, such as California, have also endorsed the card. Since this article was written then, back in 2012, now California under Jerry Brown is, is a sanctuary state, meaning that they openly do not cooperate. They openly oppose assisting federal law enforcement concerning immigration. The most important thing to understand about illegal immigration is that it's happening not by accident. It officially began in Chicago, Illinois, on March 7, 1985, when Chicago's Mayor Howard Washington issued an executive order to make benefits available to all residents regardless of citizenship status. Incidentally, California, incidentally, they just passed a law stating that if you get a driver's license, then, then you're, yeah, I wish this was, I'd rather laugh than cry, you're automatically registered to vote. <laughs> and the federal government lets California do that. 
Since that time, back to Chicago, after 1990, the illegal immigration movement in the U.S. accelerated. Mexico has financial interest promoting the illegal immigration of its citizens to the U.S. since they send immense money back to relatives and family in Mexico and other countries. This amount of money is so large, $18 billion in 2005, imagine what it is today in 2018, that it is second in amount only to the money Mexico makes from its lucrative oil export business. I think it exceeds that now recently. Last thing I wrote. Last thing. I, last time I, I heard about that. The most aggressive effort to push the matricular consulate card came after 2000, when the U.S. went through recession. The flow of immigrants slowed down. Mexico's then president Vicente Fox revamped the card and had included a photo. He was concerned with serving Mexican citizens who lived abroad. The plastic card contains a photo of Sparrow, identical to a state ID card driver license, which means absolutely nothing once again in Mexico. So, first thing you do if you were Donald J. Trump. Or you are Mr. or Mrs. You are Mr. or Mrs. Republican Congress person, and you really wanted to control. You really wanted to eliminate illegal immigration. Cost you nothing. Shut down the Mexican consulates. Boom. Shut them down. You got 44. No, you need an embassy. That's it. You need an embassy. And you say, oh well, that's not fair to Mexicans living elsewhere. Okay, maybe have two consulates open. Maybe one on the East Coast, two or three. One on the East Coast, one in the Midwest, and. uh you know, maybe one in the South. That's it. Uh, they only exist to perpetuate illegal immigration. The other thing you could do, if you wanted to deal with this at the federal level, and of course they don't, it's all it's an illusion. It's like George Salente said, politics is acting for ugly people. Uh, you could pass a law, very simply stating that uh, you cannot open up a bank account with a matricular consular card. If you're, if you're in the U.S. as a legal as a legal expat. In other words, you're here as a legal immigrant, but you're not a U.S. citizen. You need something called a passport. That's right. A, I'll, let me say it again. You need a passport bank account. Notice again how we had, as I said before, how we have now tradition, we have, you know, we have these disgusting limitations and restrictions upon travel by legal U.S. citizens. Okay, this is totalitarianism. This is the evisceration of our rights that's been going on since 9-11. You say it before then, but it's accelerated after 9-11. All right? They have no problem saying that you would be insane to think you could get on a plane and go to another country without a passport. Okay. Why not make a law saying you're insane to think that you could open up a bank account in the U.S. if you're not, if you can't prove you're a U.S. citizen unless you got a passport? Boom. What would that cost the U.S. government? Oh, very little. There'd be some. There'd, there'd be some cost as far as financial institutions, because they like that money. They like the moolah coming in there from Mexico, as they make on those transaction fees. Uh, anyone wiring money from the U.S. to Mexico, you know, hey, they're making those fees. But they could fix that. Those two laws, very simple. Shut down the Mexican consulates, and pass a federal law that says no one may open up a bank account in the U.S. Unless you could a prove you're a U.S. citizen, or b if you're a legal, a, if you're a legal immigrant, if you're a legal immigrant, you need a passport. It's over. But they're not going to do that because they don't want to fix it. They do not want to fix it. I think that is painfully obvious. Uh, the real problem. Uh, again, because it's easy to beat up Trump. I mean, let, let's face it. I mean, you know, Trump is a fraud. Uh, and yes, I said before I did vote for him. First time I had voted for a major party candidate since the year 2000. 
because I got involved in the hype. You know, it's just I wanted I wanted to oppose Hillary. That's ridiculous. The same agenda. But in any case, uh, it's it's easy to beat up Trump. It's easy to show how, mu- how much of a fraud he is, and that will continue. But the real problem is again this idea as far as how the people. What can the people do? Uh, because voting obviously. Uh, doesn't change much. Not not when they give us false choices. Again, voting is largely that illusion of choice, the illusion of participation. And to quote John Whitehead, with the majority of Americans addicted to television and or drugs, prescription and illegal, uh, most people believe what they hear about the government from the media. They believe that. So they believe now, yeah, this is a real battle over immigration when Trump's already conceded. Yeah, they're going to believe that. They believe the Republicans are real if you're a Republican, even though they've had, they, the vast majority lied and promised to repeal Obamacare. So, but it goes beyond those issues. Uh, you know, what can the public do? First off, you have to you have to basically it's a sobering thing. But you have to you have to admit where we're at now. Okay, there's a 2014 study that was done in part by Princeton University. And I'll quote from this. This is a paper that was released in 2015 from that study in 2014. Quote, the only thing that has an influence on U.S. politics is money. At the same time, the opinions of the bottom 90% of income earners have zero influence on policy. The top 10% of earners, business interests, and people who can afford lobbyists are able to exert influence despite representing an incredibly small part of the electorate. The findings paint a bleak picture of a nation caught up in the grip of corruption where moneyed interest get what they want and the rest of us get get what we get. Now, that may seem like class warfare to you, but the angle the angle I'm presenting isn't that the problem isn't with people with money influencing the system. The problem is that the system doesn't let everyone influence the system by default. You know, or really by default by design. Uh there's another another I'm going to quote from another article then, too, along those lines with that study. This is from uh, TMP, Princeton Study, U.S. No Longer an Actual Democracy, by Brendan James, April 18, 2014. A new study from Princeton spells bad news for American democracy, and, of course, we were designed to be a democratic constitutional republic, which no longer exists, but namely, no longer exists. Asking, Asking who really rules, researchers Martin Gillins and Benjamin I. Page argue that over the past few decades, America's political system has slowly transformed from democracy, which it never was. It was a constitutional democratic republic, into an old oligarchy where wealthy elites wield the most power. Wield the most power. Using data drawn from over 1,800 political, uh, from 1,800 policy initiatives from 1981 to 2002, the two conclude that rich, well-connected individuals on the political scene now steer the direction of the country, regardless, regardless of or even against the will of the majority of voters. The central point that emerges from our research is that economic elites and organized groups representing business interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy. Right? Well, mass-based interest groups and averages have little or no independent influence. As one illustration, Gillens and Page compare the political references of Americans at the 50th income percentile, the preferences of Americans at the 90th percentile, as well as major lobbying or business groups. They find that the government, whether Republican or Democratic, more often follows the preferences of the latter group rather than the first. The researchers note that this is not a new development caused by, say, recent Supreme Court decisions allowing more money in politics, such as Citizens United or 
McCutcheon versus FEC, as the data stretching back to 1980 suggests, this has been a long-term trend and is therefore harder for most people to perceive, let alone reverse. Ordinary citizens, they write, might ought to be observed to win, that is to get their preferred policy outcomes, even if they had no independent effect whatsoever in policymaking, if elites with whom they often agree actually prevail. So there you have it. So what what is the solution? What 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 would I have? What would I say? What would I have for you to do? Well, not voting uh, doesn't change things. Just as voting does. Though it would be interesting if people refused to vote or just would vote for uh, no one. If they'd go in, if, if states would let that be, have no one be on the ballot, and if no one started getting elected, it'd be very interesting. Or if only 5% of the people voted, it'd be interesting that's showing that people have no confidence in the system. It's very roughly, you normally have about 50% of the people vote in a presidential year, less than that, non-presidential election years. But what's the, what, what's, what's the result? I mean, what, what's the conclusion? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Uh, the two-party system is corrupt. Voting uh, against someone proven not to change anything Trump is a latest example of a long line of people who have been selected that are colossal liars controlled by other interests. What do you do? Uh, individual liberty means you basically take care of yourself. <laughs> you take care of your health. You take care of your money. If if you're not in debt, you stay out of debt. If you're in debt, you get out of debt. And you also, at the local level, if you are going to be involved, get involved politically at the local level. Take control of your town or your city council. Take control then of your county commissioners. Take control of the sheriff's office. Then from there you can spread out the state level. You get things done. I point back to Alabama. Okay, Alabama was able to pass that law that said if you were, if you could not prove U.S. citizenship, you couldn't use a government school. That was beautiful. The illegal aliens then peacefully self-deported. That's what you want. You want to remove the economic incentives and have them leave. That can be done. And then, incidentally, uh, after that happened, after the magic had worked, after the effect was positive, positively did its work and illegal peacefully self-deported, then a federal a federal court said that law is illegal. <laughs> it's so much for federalism. In the post-war between the states and the post, in the age after the war of northern aggression. In any case, that's what you do. You basically, individual liberty means you take care of business yourself. You make sure you have... You're not dependent upon anything, any government program at any level. And you get informed, and you work, you influence people around you. And uh, if if you're going to be involved, bottom up, not top down. The lie with Washington is this. Right now, when they had changed changed the the, uh, representation in the House of Representatives, they put a cap on that in, I think, the so-called progressive era. So right now... You got 100 senators that was fixed in the Constitution. You got 435 in the House. Of that 435, when you break down the population of the United States, that's one representative now for over 800,000 people. How good does one person represent 800,000? Not too good. Not too good. So, <clears throat> with the amount of money it takes to run at the federal level, it's a losing proposition. Yet, it's no lie. It's no coincidence that. The, you know, the national media wants you to focus on D.C. or the District of Criminals, where you have next to no chance of influencing anything. And when I say influencing anything, I mean getting anyone real elected. It's a losing proposition. It's just a losing proposition. If any change is going to occur, it's going to come from the 
bottom up, not the top down. That's the reality of the political system. You've been listening to KRP Radio Show, Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. I'm your guest host, Rocco P. Thank you for listening. I will hope to be back next month, the last Friday of the month, next month at 8 p.m. also. Thanks again to Pudgy Miller for the opportunity to use his platform to hopefully educate, stimulate, and enlighten people about certain political and social matters. Thank you, Pudgy Miller. K-I-R-P Radio! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.